2: The wall. Grand this is magnificent. Got a
1: fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy
3: becomes reality.
1: Now, here's Frank, Scott, Chris, and Adam.
0: As Trevor Bauer's number one fan, boy, it feels good to watch him rack up double-digit strikeout games again. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball Today on a Monday, July 27th. Frank Stanfield alongside Scott White, Chris Towers, and Adam Azer. Guys, I tried to tell you about Trevor Bauer. You just wouldn't listen.
3: I mean, Trevor Bauer, Giancarlo Stanton, Eric Hosmer, you were right there on every single one of the Miguel Rojas, and we just didn't Stop. listen.
0: Oh gosh, it, guys! It was a crazy weekend in baseball, and we have a lot to get to. uh What's going on, Adam? You said that you were going to hijack the show right from the get go and tell us the craziest thing that happened this
2: weekend. Uh, so. No, the well, the craziest thing that happened to me was I dropped uh, an entire can of spaghetti sauce on the floor while I was taking groceries Saturday. That was terrible. You have spaghetti
3: um, sauce in cans?
2: No jar. You know, glass okay. jar. You, you got, dropped I a mean, glass sure. jar. Yeah. yeah, you know, the, the jar didn't didn't
1: crack, thankfully. Oh, all right. right, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be Twitter right now. You could just make your own.
3: Sauce. I mean, you can oh, please. Your own. It takes like 45 minutes. Dude, dude. <laughs> like,
2: Rayo's, I mean. Rayo's tomato sauce is like an entirely different meal. It is the greatest thing I've ever found. Okay, anyway. I was gonna tell you the biggest winner, Frank. You want the biggest winner from the weekend? Sure, why not? Let's start not off with it. Sh- I'm not sure that this actually exists, but if you could find a fantasy team that faced Charlie Morton, Lucas Giolito, and Mad Boyd this week, that would be the biggest winner in fantasy baseball. I would have
3: been I would have been really happy with that as my uh as my top three in a rotation. I would have yeah. been
1: thrilled. There might
3: be
0: leagues where I have that.
2: Well, I th- there is a league where Frank has that and I'm <laughs> facing him in that league. So, you know, yep. off to a good start. I am anyway.
0: Yeah. And I tweeted about that on Friday. Actually got quite a few likes and responses there. Uh, Wasn't really the greatest Friday for me, I've got to say. Having Matt Boyd, (laughs) Lucas Giolito, and uh, Charlie Morton in the lineup. So, yes, you're off to a fantastic start there, Adam. Um, Before I get into everyone else's winners or losers, I think that we obviously have to touch on the biggest news of the day. And I think that is obviously Justin Verlander, who originally was going to be shut down for the season with an elbow injury. And then after the game, Astros manager, Dusty Baker was like, no, just kidding. We're going to clarify this situation right now. Uh, He has a right forearm strain and will be shut down quote for a couple of weeks. Scott, are
1: you actually buying that? I think, yeah, I think I'm buying that. Now it doesn't necessarily mean that it won't be a season ending uh, injury. I I don't think they have MRI results back and no, just the nature of any pitching injury that's going to shut down a pitcher for a couple weeks that, that could turn into a season ender in a two-month season so there were sources sources familiar with the situation saying it was an elbow injury and he'd be shut down for the year I don't know exactly how familiar they were with the situation but you could I just mean- imagine that game of telephone happening where you know the ask someone some one of the Astros higher ups for you know concerns about the MRI or concerns about just the the timeline for a recovery. They're fearful. He's going to be out for the year. And that got turned into, he is out for the year, you know, but
2: there's, we don't
1: really know how long he's purple monkey
2: dishwasher.
3: Like Justin Verlander is famously a, like (laughs) all news is fake news. Don't believe anything you hear unless I say it guy, like he hates the media and like this thing where it's like, it's a hundred percent incorrect that I have an elbow injury.
1: Yeah. Cause, cause I followed fore, up and, and tweeted I have about a it too.
3: forearm strain, which is, and it's like, no dude, that's the same thing.
2: Like, come on. I like, guess yeah. essentially
3: the same thing. Like the don't, forearms
2: connected to the elbow. Like that. Don't drop him yet, but don't acquire him either. Cause yeah. I, I think we, I don't be surprised if he's out for the season.
3: That's yeah. my expectation. It's, I'll be I'll be the pessimist.
2: That's way too risky
0: of a buy-low situation right now, so I agree 100%. Uh, look, for some people that own Justin Verlander, I think that they are obviously panicking right now, uh, rightfully so, and they're going to look to the waiver wire. I don't know if it's too early for trades. I don't think it's ever too early for trades, especially in the shortened season. you got to make things happen <laughs> now. Uh, Playoffs
3: start in five weeks, guys.
0: Yeah, I mean, what are you waiting for? Uh, <laughs> some of the top waiver wire starting pitcher targets that I could think of there were some news earlier today that Spencer Howard will make his debut for the Philadelphia Phillies on Friday. He's 29% owned. Sandy Alcantara, 61% owned for the Marlins. Nate Avaldi, 57% owned. Brady Singer, 20% owned. Looked pretty good in his debut over the weekend. Steven Matz, someone who I was very impressed with. Highest velocity that we've seen, I believe it was since 2016 you mentioned, Chris, yep. before we started here. 64% owned. Chris I'll go to you on this one. Uh, which one of these starting pitchers would you be mo- most interested in off the waiver wire?
3: So I actually wrote the uh, reaction on CBSports.com slash fantasy uh, about Justin Verlander's injury. And they're not necessarily in any order, but this is roughly the order I would go with Sandy Alcantara. Uh, I, that was just the best I've ever seen him looked by far. And he was pretty good to close out last season, but homer uh, he was getting, yeah, the Marlins are in first place, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Not wrong. No, he. I've been a very loud Sandy Alcantara. Jesus, I am really struggling with that name. Sandy Alcantara uh, skeptic, but the command was there. He was pitching up with the sinker, up with the fastball, got six swinging strikes with the changeup. I think that's the best he's looked by far. His velocity was actually up, which is hard to do when you throw as hard as he does already. Uh, Brady Singer was really impressive. 14 swinging strikes on 80 pitches. Um, only threw the changeup twice. And one of the things about Brady Singer was, you know, coming up through the minors and then in camp and then going back to spring training, there was talk about, you know, he's the changeup was improving. We didn't need it in the first game against a very tough uh, Cleveland Indians lineup at home. Um, the slider looked really good. Dylan Bundy looked great. De-emphasized the fastball. Uh, got a bunch of swinging strikes with the slider. Look, Corbin Burns wasn't great, but I still, the stuff was awesome. I still want to believe Russ Stripling was really good today. Steven Matz, like you said, excellent. Tyler Chatwood, uh, another guy who only 9% rostered. He's always had really good stuff um, and got back to throwing hit the arsenal in twenty that he threw in 2018 with a lot more cutters and a lot more curveballs and only had two walks in six innings in his debut against a tough Brewers lineup. And Spencer Turnbull, uh, another guy who looked really good, another guy who threw his slider more, de-emphasized his fastball. Um, So those are the guys that I wrote about in Justin Verlander's story to consider. Obviously, none of them are going to replace what you thought you were going to get from Justin Verlander, but there is plenty of potential on the waiver wire right now at starting pitcher, and there's a lot of starting pitchers worth dropping right now.
0: Scott, I have a bold prediction. I don't know if it's going to be the next time through the order because they're going to wait until after this service time, which I believe is this Thursday, uh, which is July 20th, 30th or Wednesday. It's either Wednesday or Thursday, Thursday that they the can Thursday. actually call prospects up and have an extra year of service time. The next time that Forrest Whitley would be eligible to be called up and take Verlander's spot in the rotation, I think that he will be in the rotation. He is 23% on Pure speculation, it's just a bold prediction of mine. Uh, I would be looking to add him as well if you can stash somebody.
3: Um, they don't really yeah, have don't any like, other options. I don't like it. What do you mean? He's they got don't a have shoulder. He's got a shoulder injury. What about Brad? Christian Already? Javier?
1: What about Brian Abreu? Like yeah, what those are the guys who were actually competing for a rotation spot with like Framber Valdez before. Uh, there's another guy whose name I can't think of because he's not much of a prospect.
3: But I, I feel like Brandon Bielik.
1: Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Yep. Um. I feel like they would turn to any of them before Whitley, considering Whitley wasn't really in the mix in the first place.
2: Wow. I did not even realize that Brad Peacock went on the IL. Yeah, he's got my bad. Uh, His shoulder shortness. And that's a shame uh, because he's had some success as a starter. I just got to say, Chris gave a lot of names there. Ross Stripling has to be at the top of the list. And he's probably the most owned, but he's only 66% owned. So that's the first place I'd go. As the guy who was skeptical of Corbin Burns when we talked about him last week, Uh, I was very impressed because he had no fastball command in that start, and he still managed to do a respectable job against the Cubs, basically using his off-speed pitches, and he developed a third pitch. So that gives me some hope. One of the things that's difficult first time you see a, a player for a season is the thing that separates the men from the boys, I guess, is can you get through the lineup the third time? And we still don't know that for a lot of mm-hmm. guys. Um, Burns, that's the biggest issue I have with him. I mentioned it. Yes, it was a small sample, but third time through the order, opponents had 500, over 500 against him. And as a two-pitch pitcher, that's a problem. But, I, you know, I think it was the changeup that he added, and he pitched pretty well with it. So I'm actually more optimistic now than I was, even though that the numbers weren't good. If you didn't see the start, I would not drop Corbin Burns. I would think yeah. about adding him. Garrett Richards, I'm not sure if you said him, Chris. Yeah, that's another guy. There are a lot of pitchers out there. Yeah, Chris is right. A lot of pitchers out there that um, are pretty exciting right now. Uh, they're not going to be Verlander, but Stripling, to me, would have to be number one. 66% on, it's just too low. That Stripling start... Uh, oh, and, I and mean, he, I, he, in he my improved mind... his change-up, by the way. I just want to add that Stripling improved his change-up. Go ahead, Scott.
1: Like, I, I thought he was must-own even before that start. Must-have. Um, but, like, I, I was not expecting seven innings
2: so yeah, easily pitches. from him
1: 92 pitches like that was the past two years he had only gone seven innings twice and here he does his first start of the season when you see some pitchers going less than five well you know and he probably
3: could have gone seven innings if he was pitching in triple a
2: against the giants yeah <laughs> yeah the giants are pretty bad but uh, I, I mean how do you not know like what has he done as a starting pitcher that says ross Stripling should not be Right. Close was to 100%. A, he,
1: he was an all-star in 2018 as a starting pitcher. And then they kind of moved him out of that role in the second half and kept him in the swingman role basically all of last year. So, and and now, you know, coming into the season, I thought he was ahead of Alex Wood. I mean, I thought he was behind Alex Wood in the pecking order. Obviously he was. They gave Wood a spot first. But his first turn, it might have been enough to move him ahead of Wood. Wood wasn't so great his first time through. He wasn't so bad either. Like, I'm not... I'm not going to drop Alex Wood all of a sudden. He did get a lot of swings and misses for the 69 pitches, I think it was he threw. Uh, but the narrative, what we like so much about Alex Wood as a sleeper was he had upped his velocity to 92, 93 supposedly, and it, it wasn't there. And his the first start, it was like 90, which yeah. is, uh, you know, the, traditionally more where Alex Wood resides.
2: Yeah. Frank, give me your give me your three starting pitchers, to add.
0: I like a lot of the names that Chris hit on. Um in terms of being actually available, I think Sandy Alcantara, I'm right there with you, but he's sixty one percent owned. Yeah. Um Nate Avaldi I thought looked very good in his first start. Didn't get a lot of swings and misses, not a lot of strikeouts. Uh, but I would say Sandy Alcantara, Nate Avaldi, and let's go with if Steven Matz is out there, I would like to add him too. I love yep. the fact that his velocity was up over 94 miles per hour, and he did it against a really, really strong Atlanta Braves lineup. So if any of those three are available, uh, and then if you're in deeper leagues, I like uh, I do like Spencer Howard and, and Brady Singer. But those are names I'm looking
2: at. So you drop Corbin Burns and or uh, Garrett Richards. Corbin Burns, Garrett Richards. How do they compare to the three you just mentioned?
0: I would I would keep... Both of those guys. I would keep Corbin Burns and Garrett Richards. I thought Garrett Richards looked great over the weekend as well. The velocity was up for him. He throwing 95, uh, 89, 90 with the slider as well. Looked really, really strong, uh, Garrett Richards. So I would hold on to both of those guys um, comparatively to some of these names that we just mentioned. Adam, real quickly before I, I want to hit some news and notes. We don't talk about buying high on a player often, but you sound so incredibly high on Ross Tripling, and rightfully so. I think if you can acquire him now and people don't realize how good he's going to be for the remainder of the season, that this is one of those situations where you might want to consider buying high, which is something you just don't normally hear in fantasy.
2: Yeah, look, he's another guy. He gives up a lot of home runs, uh, like third time through the order. I think that's kind of the the issue with him. Um, But he, you know, two pitchers, or three pitchers, I guess, that improved their changeup, it seems, since last year. Uh, Corbin Burns... Ross Stripling. This is just from what I gathered from the broadcasts, and Kyle Hendricks threw a complete game shutout, and apparently, like his changeup is much better than it's ever been, which is just weird for a guy at his stage in his career. Um, Maybe that's a buy high. Stripling, like I don't want to overreact. Um, He's sixty-six percent owned. I think he should be ninety percent owned. I don't think he's going to be like an all-star again, and I don't think he's going to carry your team. But I do think he's must-owned. If that kind of, you know, straddling your question there, I <laughs> but not by high is, I, I guess, typically reserved for like someone who's like 90% owners that, you know, mm-hmm. but stripling. I just think you need to add him and he should be one of your best back end of your fantasy rotation options. Some news and nose, notes to hit uh, Mike
0: Mousakis after having a great game on Friday was placed on the IL today. He woke up not feeling well. It's worth mentioning that his teammate, Matt Davidson, went on the COVID IL Saturday. Uh, Nick Senzel also not feeling well. So uh, you can read the tea leaves there. Um, Another situation with the Miami Marlins where they have four players who have tested positive for COVID. Um, And I believe tomorrow they're basically getting off their flight and going straight to the ballpark. Which is the last thing that I heard. Which it's
3: right there. Yeah. I mean, the, the, you know, the good news. It's like two and a right. half miles away. So yeah.
0: So this situation is is ever evolving. Obviously, uh, trying to play a fantasy baseball season and an actual baseball season throughout this pandemic. Uh, Steve- hey, hey,
2: Frank. I just. I'm going to be off the show soon. I'm only going to ha- hang around for a little bit. So right. I just need to say, right now, if you're a commissioner of your league, you need to put in, uh, with you know, rules of what's going to happen if the season gets canceled. You have to have specific rules in terms of payouts for when it gets canceled. You know, for example, in one league that I'm the commissioner of, I, you know, you we pay out this type this money to these people if the season ends here. But if this for me, I said if it ends before week six, everybody gets their money back, or nobody's paid yet. But um, so just don't leave any questions, don't leave any room for debate or for arguments. Right now, make sure you have a system in place. I'm sorry to say it, but two teams appear to be having an outbreak right now and they didn't even play against each other. Um, Have something in place right now so there are no arguments, no fights if the unfortunate outcome happens, which fingers crossed it won't. All right, I'm I'm done hijacking the show, sorry.
0: Yeah, we said last week that In one of my leagues, it's if we get past August 31st. So basically, if we play into September, your league is valid at that point. But yes, you should have rules in place, especially if players go on the IL midweek and they're in your lineup. You know, that's something that you have to discuss with people in your league as well. Steven Strasburg was scratched from his start on Saturday. Apparently, he has had numbness in his hand for weeks. So it doesn't seem to be an update on him, but obviously a situation to pay attention to. Adam, you're shaking your head?
2: Yeah, because like Chris drafted him. <laughs> like, we knew this was going to happen, Chris.
0: Yeah, <laughs> something else we knew that was going to happen. Rich Hill was scratched from his start on Saturday. Remember when we were all so excited about Rich Hill? Yeah. Scott, do you have I, any, like, what's the latest on Rich Hill?
1: Oh, it doesn't. My understanding is it's not injury related. They just pushed him back, uh, I guess, just so we could get another throwing session. You just you just don't believe anything today, Frank. No, I'm just oh, yeah, I am yeah, a corpse. natural cynic,
0: especially yeah. when it comes to a player like Rich Hill being pushed back and they're saying yeah. it's not for
1: injury reasons. <laughs> he's he's on the schedule for uh... 2020, all day making notes, and then you can't find what you need. When the It's gonna be a pitching time. coach next year, you gotta next look. Year. It's
3: 2020, you gotta get you gotta digitize these.
1: Control notes. F, Scott. <laughs> I have a lot. Look, Control F, when you do them in Notepad, it, it if you're if the cursor is past the point, your Control F You should be using paintbrush. Not there, P-use use brush. paintbrush, Scott. Come on, Just what is paintbrush. this? Uh, he's scheduled to go Wednesday, Richell.
0: All right. Well, we'll see if it actually happens. I hope it does because I do have a few shares myself. Corey Kluber. Corey Kluber left his start today with shoulder tightness after I believe it was just one inning pitched. Just it's everyone's <laughs> just dropping like fly. Like, like yeah.
3: there that is 100. There might be a team where I have Rich Hill, Steven Strasburg, and Corey Kluber.
0: I mean, you're kind of asking for it at that point, Chris. Seriously, if we're being honest, uh, Stanton's
2: Il- on that team too. I'm sure.
0: Yes, well, Eloy Jimenez, best player uh, in fantasy. Look- Looked great over the weekend. He hit a back-to-back home run with Edwin Encarnacion. Uh, He ran into a wall today while trying to catch a ball that actually went over the fence. Uh, He left with lightheadedness and seems like he might have some concussion symptoms, so something to pay attention to for Eloy Jimenez. And Ken Giles left Sunday as well with an apparent elbow injury. His velocity was way down. Scott, we've already received multiple questions regarding this situation. Who is the guy in
1: Toronto? Probably won't be one guy at first. If I had to put money on somebody, I'd put it on Anthony Bass. Yeah. I need a lot of saves help. I have not put in a claim for Anthony Bass. So that that shows you my level of confidence there. All right. Sure. I think Rafael Dolis is also in the mix.
0: Uh, they basically swapped positions, him and uh, Ke- uh, Anthony Bass, over the weekend. One of them pitched the seventh, and then the other one pitched the eighth, and then the next day they swapped positions. So Anthony Bass did have five saves for the Blue Jays last season. I think that he is the next man up for the Blue Jays.
2: Can I ask also, like, there are other closer situations here to monitor. Oh, sure. I don't know if you're going to talk about that, but I'd like to know who, which relievers you guys are picking up because, yeah. uh, I mean, I, I, I'm very worried about Sean Doolittle, uh, who pitched in the eighth today in a tie game, not against the heart of the order. Um, his velocity was down. <clears throat> I, I don't, Ricel Iglesias blew a save. Um, no, that I'm was a non-save situation. Oh, that's right. And he stinks in non-save situations, yes, which it, is weird. It's like a Ken Giles um, situation from a couple Nick of years. Nick
3: Anderson ago. didn't get the, say, get, you know, the, didn't the get save opportunity used to use him crazy. In the 7th. Oliver uh, he, Drake he got used in like the 6th, oh, I think.
2: Pff, Greg Holland got he struck out the side. So There's two
3: saves now, right? Greg Holland I don't know. Th- Wade Just Davis. And Wade Joe Davis Jimenez. has two saves for the okay. Rockies. There you yeah. go. They're they're the same guy. Same, they're, they're yeah. same guy in my head. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so who are you guys, who are you guys trying to pick up? I was too late to the party. Everybody picked up, uh, you know, everybody basically. Yeah. There were, there was basically one guy,
1: one and a half guys in all of baseball who I put in. I actually made a point to try for really hard in fab. Uh, the biggest, and I think I won him in every Fab League I'm in, was Greg Holland. Like I said, I need a lot of saves help. He is the one surprising... got The guy who got a save this weekend that surprised everybody, and I think it might actually mean it's his job. Because, uh, like you guys said, Ian Kennedy worked like the sixth and the seventh in that same game. And just the way Matheny was talking... Like, he didn't go so far as to say Greg Holland's our closer now. But like, he didn't... Not say that either. Uh, Greg Holland struck out the side. He was throwing harder than he did last year in that appearance. And, you know, obviously has a history in that role. So I put in some big bids for Holland everywhere. Like I said, all my five by five leagues, I went cheap on saves like I normally do. I need to get that category filled earlier in the year than I normally would. So Holland was the big guy I splurged for. Um, The second guy for what it's worth that I put in that I made an effort for was uh uh the royals rookie whose name is escaping me singer um yeah that was the other guy but that's not really part of the safe discussion so i'll let you guys have the floor
0: Greg Holland is 8% owned in CBS Sports Leagues right now, so he is widely available. Again, Kennedy pitched the 6th and the 7th inning on Saturday. Uh, Trevor Rosenthal is someone who I thought might have an opportunity in, this, uh, in the back end of this bullpen because he has a history with Mike Matheny. He, he pitched in the 8th inning in this game. Uh, and just pulling up some names that of people who got saves this weekend. Uh, for the Orioles today, a gentleman named Coles Sulser. <laughs> Don't know anything about it. Yeah, it
2: was a weird one. He
0: picked up the save on Sunday. Uh, somebody for the Mariners named <laughs> Taylor Williams. Yep. Taylor Williams picked up the save today. Matt McGill, someone who we thought you know might be in the mix for saves there. He pitched in the fifth inning. Um, and Taylor Williams' career in the minors, 305 ERA, 116 whip, 295 strikeouts, and 277 and a third innings pitched. And he had 11 saves in the minors. Uh, So those are a couple other names to consider in deeper leagues. Uh, Chris, is there anyone
2: that you wanted to add in terms of relievers if you're chasing saves? Not right now. Well, Oliver Drake, I mean, like, he got a save. That's going to be a messy situation. But I I think Giovanni Gallegos, because Kim's first outing was pretty bad, even though he got a save, he gave up two runs. And Mm -hmm. I'm picking up Pedro Strope in Cincinnati uh, in a deep league where I'm really just speculating here couple more bad outings from Iglesias, and I don't know. That's a guy they could turn it over to, but it could be someone else as well. Um, uh, Trevor th- Trevor Gott. How can I
0: for, forgot about Trevor <laughs> Gott? He uh, he allowed a run on Saturday, but he got the save for the Giants. Tony Watson mm. and Tyler Rogers combined to pitch the top of the eighth inning in that game, so just another situation that... It's all the terrible teams, and I guess that makes sense because they just don't have a lockdown reliever, but you can see it now. The Orioles, the Giants, the Mariners are going to be quite it's frustrating
3: worth mentioning. It sounds like Gabe Kapler's already kind of starting to rub some of the giants pitchers wrong with his shenanigans. Oh my goodness. Uh,
0: Who would have thought? There was a
3: quote, I think it was from drew smiley talking about how he's kind of tried to play this. We don't know who's starting for us. It could oh, be anybody. So weird. And I think drew smiley after he appeared in that first game was like, yeah, it really messes you up. You need to have a routine. You need to know what role you're going to be in. So you know that obviously applies more to the starting pitchers, but mm-hmm. I think it's a reminder that it's probably not worth chasing saves in the San Francisco Giants bullpen. Yeah. They stink. They don't really have any good relievers anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, if someone gets two saves in a row, fine, go get them. But I'm not going to go yeah. after anyone in the for, in the Giants bullpen. If, I, I
1: if didn't I'm go gonna ask. Save. I didn't go hard after Trevor Got, and I let Tyler Rogers go in the few leagues where I was speculating yeah. on him for saves. I didn't go hard after Drake. Uh, Jose Alvarado pitched the day before and Diego Castillo was away on paternity leave so Drake got the safe Saturday and maybe he'll get a handful more but I think those guys still will I think Nick Anderson still will I'm not ruling out one of them taking the reins eventually but it's it's going to be messy they're, they're at least good you know unlike the Giants guys unlike the Mariners guys and the Orioles guys they're unlike Greg good. Holland
3: and Alvarado did pitch like the <laughs> I, I mean we'll see yeah
2: He's been pretty bad for a while now. A lot of walks, and and it is the Royals, but but Royals, but Kennedy did have thirty saves last year. For what I, I
3: right. want to point out Alvarado did get like the closer's usage today. They were the home team. He pitched a tie game in the top, uh, the bottom of the ninth. So I wouldn't drop him. He's looked
0: really good so far.
3: I mean, he's awesome. Yeah,
0: yeah. like My that's guy. that's
3: the thing is Alvarado, Nick Anderson, like those guys are good anyway, and in a season like this where. You're gonna need guys who are good. You're gonna need innings, no matter what. And the the number of viable starting pitching options uh, has already dwindled. You know, I, I think those guys might have more value than ever.
2: Hey Frank, uh, I also like. I believe that there's something going on in Washington that Doolittle like really just didn't look good yesterday. So I do think Daniel Hudson, who was using the ninth inning, Doolittle in the eighth inning. Um, I I still think Will Harris is the best pitcher there, but. Hudson uh, is someone worth looking into. I know people are are desperate for saves. So these were just names throwing out. And you mentioned uh, somebody mentioned uh, a paternity leave, a player who was on paternity leave. Diego Castillo was on paternity leave this weekend. Somebody else was on paternity leave and came back after missing one game. So just Mm -hmm. keep that in mind. I'm not so sure why we just assume that Mike Trout is going to miss a week when his daughter. It was just because wife basically. I think
1: it's
3: partially because he talked about not coming back.
2: Yeah. You know, but he's in. But he might miss one day. But he said he's playing.
0: Yeah, it's possible.
2: Yeah, so, yeah I just want Man, to I'm say. I'm Trying that. to remember who that was. Uh, yeah, me too.
0: Uh, speaking of which, Zach Wheeler, by the way, looked very good over the weekend. Someone else that had paternity leave concerns. Uh, I mean, it's you know not really hard to look good against the Marlins. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, they did well. First place, like, baby. First place. They did well first against Arenola. Hey, Jesus Aguilar is back. You uh, you no, heard it here first. He looks if, he if, looks
3: pretty good. Jesus hey, Aguilar looks good. Yeah, two home runs.
0: All right, the biggest winners of the weekend. Adam, why don't you get us started here? Hit us with your biggest winner, with a lot of baseball action
2: this weekend. Joey uh, going with some some uh, corner infielders. Joey Votto. Yeah. Unfortunately, he was owned and rostered in more than ninety percent of leagues. I thought maybe that wouldn't be the case, but which is just crazy, by the way. When I saw his ownership, <laughs> yeah. percent,
3: I was and like, he was he was really I high in the default right. rankings for CBSSports.com, especially in points leagues.
2: Ninety-two yeah. percent. And he could be really good in points leagues. You know, his plate discipline should still be good. But two home runs this weekend, hitting in the middle of a great lineup, even without Moustakas, or hitting second. Uh, homered off a lefty on Friday. Um, I have Eric Hosmer. I'll let Chris talk about him. But I poo-pooed everything, and he's off to a really good start. Um, Yoshitomo Tsusugo, I'm interested in. He did not start today. But if you're looking for anyone to become a regular for the Rays, I I thought maybe he'd sit against lefties. He did not. He started on Friday against a lefty. He homered. I'm pretty sure he homered off Yunjin Ryu. So uh, he wasn't really someone I feel like we talked a lot about. But keep an eye on him. 28% rostered in 28% of leagues. Yoshitomo Tsutsugo. And Tommy Pham's got four steals. So winner.
0: Yeah, I think that Padres in general are winners because personally, I didn't know how Jace Tingler, their new manager, was going to let them run on the base paths if he was going to be aggressive. But uh, Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis, I believe, pulled off a double steal today. Jerks and Profar had a steal. I think that they're going to run quite frequently out there in San Diego. So I would say the arrow is pointing up for all the base stealers uh, out there on the West Coast. Chris, who's one of your biggest winners from the weekend?
3: Uh, It's Eric Hosmer. I I think this might be maybe the single most important thing we saw this weekend besides Justin Verlander, I guess. Uh, Eric Osmer, it's only six batted balls, uh, or no, eight batted balls, excuse me. Uh, none of them have been hit on the
0: ground. Let's go, Chris. Let's I get can't it.
3: say for sure, but I would bet this is the first time in Eric Osmer's career that he has gone 10 plate appearances without hitting a ball on the ground. He is one of the most extreme ground ball hitters in baseball. Uh, four line drives, two fly balls, two walks, zero strikeouts, a home run, two doubles. Uh, eight RBI, I believe in the first two games of the season, he did get a weird day off on uh, Saturday. but yeah, no, at the very least, Eric Cosmer is hitting the ball in the air. This is not a speculative thing. I don't I don't want to say he's never going to hit another ground ball and that would probably be a bad thing uh, unless he keeps having a 75 percent hard hit rate, I guess. Um, but yeah, no, Eric Cosmer, the changes have taken place. whether they're going to make him a superstar, you know, I think there's reason to be skeptical. I'm not going to say he is, but uh, the only thing that was missing for him was the the direction of contact. He needed to hit the ball in the air more. He's always hit the ball well. He's always had good plate discipline. He's doing that now, and I think it's entirely possible he could be a must-start first baseman all year as a result of it.
0: Yeah, I love the call on Eric Hosmer. Uh, the Padres, just in general, their lineup might, you know, surprise some people This season, uh, except for when Jerks and Profar is batting cleanup. What was that about? That was just very odd. Uh, Uh, Yeah. yeah. They dropped him to seven today. It's worth noting, but the first two games, he was batting cleanup for them. Scott, who is uh, one of your, or multiple if you have them, winners, winner or winners from this weekend?
1: So the three biggest winners in terms of guys who are widely available, like I can pick them up in my leagues. I mentioned two of them, Greg Holland, uh I keep forgetting his name brady singer is brady, that it yeah, yeah. Yep. brady singer of the royals the rookie pitcher who had a good debut and tyler chatwood who chris mentioned earlier tyler chatwood as a reliever the last 3 months last year multi multi-inning reliever at times had a 276 era 10 one 104 whip and 10.7 K per nine over the final three months last year has had walk issues in the past, only issued two walks against the Brewers striking out eight and six innings. So that one should be high uh, on the ad list as well. Other winners who, you know, I didn't have a chance to add them, but maybe you do. I think it's a big, huge deal that uh, Tommy Listella was in the lineup for the first left-hander that the angels face Sean Mania on Saturday. Cause if, if, if like if we had him down as an everyday player, uh, he he probably would have been must draft. I mean, after the year he just had, the uh, granted we were not totally sure that he's the power hitter. He looked like he was for the time he was healthy last year, but there's enough data backing at it that you take a flyer. There's enough data backing it that you take a flyer uh, if if you trust he's in the lineup, and he and he has been every day. So that's. I think that's a big winner, Tommy LaStella. You know, Bradley Zimmer got a couple starts in the Cleveland outfields. You look like Didn't you're searching a little bit.
2: bit. So can you can you talk about Kyle Lewis since I forgot to?
1: Yeah. Hey, he's Yeah, I mean Kyle Lewis, he hit a couple home runs. He struck out six times in eleven at bats. So he's really picked up where he left off last September in both the good and the bad. I don't know. I'd take a flyer on him, a five outfielder league, if he was available, but otherwise, probably not.
0: Yeah, I had Kyle Lewis as my biggest winner for the weekend. I mean, not one of the biggest winners, but he homered off of Verlander, and then he homered off Lance McCullers, so pretty damn impressive, uh, homering off those two specific pitchers. Scott, would you
1: drop Kyle Tucker for Kyle Lewis? I'm not opposed to dropping Kyle Tucker, but I want to drop him for Kyle Lewis, no.
2: I'll tell you who I dropped for Kyle Lewis. Uh, Shogo Akiyama, big loser, sat against the lefty, and he's batting sixth or seventh. So he's not leading off, and he's not playing every day, and that stinks.
1: the righty who took his place that day he sat against the lefty is now on the IL. It's worth noting, though they did call (laughs) up Aristides Aquino, and he could be the guy who platoons with Akiyama now, but... Uh, yeah, I, I personally wouldn't I don't like Kyle Lewis is the bottom line. I, I don't, I don't, you have to have a really special ability on contact to survive the kind of strikeout rate he's showing yet again. And two more home runs doesn't really change the
2: equation there for me.
0: Adam, I know you have to split out. Is there anything else you want to add from the weekend before we hit the
2: break? Yeah, oh, it was a great weekend. I mean, my two favorite starting pitcher targets, uh, were awful, James Paxton, his velocity's down. He says it's a mechanics thing. Basically, he's not extending. I don't know what that means, but he's seven foot 15. So I guess it's harder for him, but it's really frustrating. And I, I don't have a lot of faith in him right now. Before the season started, he talked about this mechanics thing. So I wasn't shocked that he had a bad start. I think he threw about 42 pitches and had 14 foul balls. He just could not finish any hitter off. So Paxton, short-term concern and considering the entire season is short-term you know it's a little bit nerve-wracking there I think he'll get it turned around it's a mechanics issue for him but how long do you have to wait I don't know Robbie Ray for all the talk about him changing he basically gave the (laughs) single most Robbie Ray outing ever this weekend he was brilliant for three innings he fell apart in the fourth he threw a million pitches he says that you know The new delivery, I'm still working out, trying to figure out how to slow things down, to figure out my mental cues, to go through kind of to kind of get myself back to where I'm in the position that I need to be in order to in order to deliver a good pitch. So I guess call Robbie Ray a work in progress. Velocity was up and the stuff was filthy, but he, he was all over the place. So I was disappointed that Paxton and Ray, two of the pitchers I wanted the most, are off to really bad starts, but they could turn it around. I'm not super confident in starting either of them in week two, to be quite honest. Even though they're fairly high end,
0: yeah, that definite concerns. And you know, there's a few other velocity concerns and specific pitchers that we want to get into, and we'll do that after the break. Some of the losers from this weekend, we'll do that here on Fantasy Baseball today. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo; it's about the home. We're back here on Fantasy Baseball today. Before we get back into it, I just want to remind you to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Fantasy Baseball Today. Of course, YouTube.com/slash/Fantasy Baseball Today. The link is in the description as well. Uh, we either just exceeded a thousand, or we're close to a thousand. So again, thank you for uh, everybody who has subscribed thus far. Uh, let's break a thousand. Let's go for two thousand. Let's go for five thousand. Let's take over the world here. Fantasy Baseball Today, one million That's subscribers. Uh, Chris. Throughout the break, you hit us with a very interesting stat on Eric Hosmer.
3: Yeah, I had to fact check myself. Uh, (laughs) Eric Hosmer has, in fact, gone two games in a row without hitting uh, a ground ball. It happened on September 3rd and September 4th of 2013. So I apologize for giving you fake news that Eric Hosmer had never gone two games in a row without hitting a ground ball. It happened uh, eight years ago.
0: Yes, a long, long time ago for Eric Hosmer. Uh, but again, still someone that you should be excited about. He's 75% owned in CBS Sports Leagues right now. Uh, some other VLO concerns that I just wanted to bring up, and some guys that I consider losers from this weekend, Scott. Charlie Morton, I mean, look, we proclaimed this the show of Charlie Morton, and his VLO was around 92 miles per hour, whereas last year he was up over 94 on average with his fastball. Madison Bumgarner was... I believe it was 87 miles per hour that Madison Bumgarner was at this weekend. Um, yep. Yeah, and that's compared
1: like the amount of the drop is significant. 87.9 like,
0: miles per hour on the fastball. He was 91.7 miles per hour on the fastball last year. Uh, Mitch Keller, someone that Chris and I, and I believe to some extent Scott as well, uh, was excited about coming into the season. He was throwing 95 last year. Today he was averaging 92 miles per hour on his fastball. Zach Greinke, I've, you know, doubted him for long enough, and normally he does this throughout spring training. Maybe this is just his extended spring training, but today he averaged 87 miles per hour on his fastball, and last year he was around 90. Uh, Adam mentioned James Paxton as well. So Morton, Bumgarner, Granke, Keller, Paxton. Some serious velocity concerns. Scott, which one worries you the most?
1: It would probably be Keller because I'm not sure there's enough there if he doesn't have velocity. Five swinging strikes on his 87 pitches today. And look, he kept runs off the board. <laughs> One or run in five innings. And so before it was he kept allowing runs, but the stuff looked great. And now the stuff doesn't look great, but he kept runs off the board. Um yeah, that's that's gonna be a problem. And he didn't really offer an explanation other than to agree that yes, it was down. Okay. Uh obviously not dropping him yet, but you know Another two starts like this, and particularly if the results take a turn for the worse, I think you seriously have to consider it. Bumgarner, yeah. I mean, we, we've seen a big drop from him in the past and actually went up a little last year. Um, you know, he was he was a big bust for me heading into this season. This is going to make it easier. Like him and Granky, though, they're they've been around so long and they've overcome so much already that part of me doesn't want to bet against them I mean I'm more likely to do it from Bumgarner than Granky since I didn't really believe in him in the first place but that's kind of where I am with them I mean Granky just a couple years ago he used to average 92 on his fastball and then the last couple years it was 90 and you know the production didn't change at all I I wonder with the Rays because Charlie Morton is on this list, and Blake Snell today went two innings. He was basically an opener. He threw 46 pitches after throwing 47 in his final spring tune-up two-up start. So are they even extending him? What's going on here? Uh, like the Rays, I feel like maybe they didn't have the same philosophy going into the shutdown as the other organizations because their starting pitchers just don't seem on the same level as any other teams in terms of readiness in terms of readiness. And I don't know. I don't know that it's fair to single out Morton, but nonetheless, it's worrisome if you're invested in them. I mean, we'll see how Tyler Glass now does in his first start. See if he's, yeah, because he was away from the team, I think for after everybody yeah. reported, he was away for a while. So yeah, that's, that's something to monitor. Um, I, I wish we had made a bigger deal of Snell looking back. I wish we had made as big a deal of Snell as we did about Bueller, Walker Bueller, because I think it's going to be just as much of a concern for him moving forward. If he's not even built up to 50 pitches yet, like wh- when are you going to get a five-inning start from him? Yeah,
0: Chris, do you dare bench Charlie Morton this week? He's at Atlanta, and mind you, we are recording this Sunday night, and the Atlanta Braves have 14 runs scored against the New York Mets right now.
3: Yeah, I was looking at, uh, I think it's Corey Oswalt for the the Mets who came in in relief, and I, he's given up, he gave up like nine hard hit balls to the <laughs> Braves or something incredible in four innings. Um, look, the thing I always look at, like when we're talking about Charlie Moore or uh, Patrick Corbin in his last tune-up start, and it was like, well, Patrick Corbin's velocity was down, and it's like, have we seen this pitcher pitch at this velocity level and succeed? In Patrick Corbin's case, we have. We have seen Patrick Corbin pitch effectively in the late high 80s, low 90s. You know, that he had that stretch in May and June of 2018 where he did them. Charlie Morton, he averaged 92.4 miles per hour with his fastball in the opener. He hadn't been below 94.2, I believe, with his four-seamer in any start going back to at least 2018. So that is where, yeah, you start to get concerned because we just haven't even seen him pitch at this level so we have no idea if he can be effective at it on the other hand a couple of caveats apply one uh there's a new stack cast system it's the same stack cast front facing thing but they upgraded all the back stuff the the technology and it is possible that there are some calibration issues going on and you know maybe there are certain ballparks that aren't quite as accurate or still need it's possible that that's going on but with Charlie Morton, like it would require like a mile and a half hour, mile and a half per hour difference for us to not be concerned. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm, I don't, man, I, I would have trouble sitting him. On the other hand, the Braves, I think, could be one of the best offenses in baseball. And I think it's possible they could be the best offense in baseball. Um,
0: and so, yeah, it's, it's risky. It is Definitely risky right now. I mean, it's almost like you want to take a wait and see approach with Charlie Morton, but he could come out the next game and and be the Charlie Morton that we've seen the past couple of seasons, Mm -hmm. and then you miss out on that start about Mitch Keller, yeah,
3: Charlie Morton.
0: Yeah, I think that is uh, definitely fair to say. Let's go rapid fire and hit on some notes uh, from over the weekend. Try and get to as many teams as we possibly can before we answer your emails. Uh, The Cincinnati Reds we mentioned Joey Votto looked great, Uh, Luis Castillo and Trevor Bauer both double digit strikeout performances and Sonny Gray was also great on opening day. Uh, it's worth noting that Josh Van Meter played second base today
1: in Mike Mustakas's absence, so if you're yeah. in a deeper And, and league... Mustakas is on the I.L. I'm not sure if you mentioned yeah. that before.
3: Yeah. And is not available. I would imagine if Senzel was available, he would have played one of those two spots, considering he is a natural second baseman.
0: For the Tigers, Joe Jimenez had two saves over the weekend. He was a little bit shaky on Sunday, but ultimately got it done. CJ Crone hit two home runs over the weekend. Matthew Boyd was not good on opening day. Five innings pitched, four earned runs, just two strikeouts with eight swinging strikes. Chris, you hate to see it.
3: You don't love to see it, no. (laughs) No, I'm not going to say that I'm ready to panic because, well, if you drafted Matt Boyd thinking that he couldn't have a start like this, you didn't know what you were signing up for.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, this one doesn't really worry me. He threw his slider about as often as last year, and it had about the same whiff rate as last year. So it's there I'm just are, gonna chalk this one up as a bad start.
3: Yeah, this is like right in the middle of the list of concern. Like it's it's not more or less concerning than the average pitcher, I would say.
0: And it's worth noting that he Went up against the fully loaded Reds offense when everybody was healthy. Hashtag so,
3: full squad. Yeah, yeah,
0: full squad was there. Uh, hopefully, they can get back again soon for the Marlins. Sandy Alcantara, we mentioned, looked great on Friday. Uh, honestly, I did not talk about this guy uh, probably as much as we should have uh, leading up to the season. But I think all the tools are there, Chris. I mean, six foot four, throws hard, upper nineties. He had the slider and the changeup working in that start. I am quite interested in him if he is available. Um, do you have anything to add? He's kind of the
3: Jorge Alfaro of pitchers.
0: Uh, okay. Except Jorge Alfaro makes a ton of
3: really good contact. Sandy Alcantara is one of the best at limiting hard contact, so he's always going to run these super low BABPs. And so the question is, can he be a slightly above average strikeout pitcher and a slightly below average walks pitcher? If he can, he's probably like a legitimate mid to low three ZRA guy. It's just, I need to see more.
0: 14 swinging strikes on Friday against a, a pretty good time. Phillies lineup as well. Jesus Aguilar had two home runs over the weekend. If you are desperate for a corner infielder, he is only owned in 16% of CBS Sports Leagues. Caleb Smith was quite bad. Six walks on Saturday. Didi Gregorius hit two home runs over the weekend, both Friday and Saturday. Arenola was not great. Uh, Zach Wheeler, someone that we mentioned earlier, was very good. Seven innings pitched, just one earned, run, one earned run against the Miami Marlins. Uh, for the Mets, Edwin Diaz got a save. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde He got a save on Friday. Uh, he blew the save on Saturday. He allowed a home run to Marcel Ozuna with two outs left. But, with two outs in that game. Yes, Scott?
1: But the home run was not on the slider. It was on the fastball. He said the fastball was exactly where he wanted yeah, it to like be. Yeah, it was a
3: good pitch. It was like yeah. four or five inches off the plate. Marcel Ozuna is just swinging the bat incredibly well right now.
1: And Luis Rojas, the Mets manager, said he's not worried. So I'm not worried either. I think Edwin Diaz, particularly some of the volatility we saw from ninth inning guys this weekend, I feel pretty secure with him right now. Steven Metz, Right now, sorry.
0: (laughs) Steven Metz, someone that I mentioned uh, I thought looked great, six innings pitched, uh, one earned run, seven strikeouts. The velocity was up for him. The Atlanta Braves, Max Freed, five innings pitched, two earned runs, two walks, and five strikeouts. Uh, he only threw two change-ups, something that I was paying attention to heading into the season, so we'll see if he ups that usage moving forward. The Rays were a mess as usual in their bullpen. We spoke about Morton. We mentioned Blake Snell uh, for the Toronto Blue Jays. Ken Giles got hurt. Shoemaker was solid. Uh, Ryu was not very good in his debut. hit three walks on Friday. He made 29 starts last season, only three starts. Did he have three or more walks in those 29 mm-hmm. starts? So, Not really the Hyunjin Ryu that we're used to seeing on Friday, Scott.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't really read much into that either. He just had a bad start, I think. I agree. The, the velocity was okay. I, I feel fine with Ryu still. Scott, I saw you tweet about this
0: uh, today actually. Carlos Carrasco was ridiculous on Sunday. Mind you, it was against the Kansas City Royals, but the velocity was on par with where it was back in 2018 when he Still had like a sub 3.5 ERA, 10 strikeouts, 17 swinging strikes on 87 pitches. Very excited about Carrasco.
1: Yeah, and the opponent doesn't really matter to me in this instance. Like, what concerns I had about Carrasco coming into the season were pretty much all eliminated with this one start because the velocity was there. It was there deep into the game. They let him pitch deep into the game. All of this happening from the very first start, and he was great, so... Uh, you know, the only lingering concern I have with Carrasco is does he decide to opt out because of it, him, him being more of a health risk than certain other players? But, you know, to a certain degree, that concern is in play for every single player in the majors. Do they opt oh. out or not? So that doesn't even really register so much. I think Carrasco, you just got, you just got somebody you can count on here in him.
3: I do want to point out one thing as we're talking about the... Or as we were talking about the Rays, I kind of went through and just looked at a bunch of different pitchers. Um, it does kind of look like everybody's velocity was down. Um, like Chaz Rowe was down about a mile and a half per hour. I just looked at Nick Anderson was down about a mile an a half per hour. Uh, Ryan Yarbrough looks like he was down about a – like it was pretty consistent. And so I do wonder if there's something – there, where it's a calibration issue, obviously, I can't say, I wouldn't say for certain, but that'll be something to keep an eye on. And I just realized, I don't even know if the Blue Jays home games are going to have stack data.
0: Right, because they're now the Buffalo playing
3: Blue Jays. Buffalo, and I have no idea <laughs> if they have the Hawkeye. Uh, I would assume they do not have Hawkeye set up there, given that they don't even have the appropriate light settings to play night games on TV.
0: For the Chicago Cubs over the weekend, Ian Happ had two home runs. He's only 41% owned. Scott, I'm okay dropping Kyle Tucker for Ian Happ. Do you agree?
1: It depends if I need a starter or not. That that would be... like I, I, I feel like Tucker's upside is considerably higher than Happ's, and I think there's still a good chance he forces his way into an everyday role. He came off the bench today but hit another double. At some point... Even Dusty Baker has to be one over. Um so you know, three outfielder league where it's just a guy I'm stashing away for upside, I'd I'd still rather go Tucker than Hap. Yeah. But I'd rather start Hap than Tucker right now.
0: Yeah. Uh, I hear you. I, I just I think the upside is is pretty high for someone like Ian Hap as well. It's not as high as Kyle Tucker, I agree. But I just look, if Kyle Tucker's not playing now with Yuron Alvarez not around, I just I don't know if it's going to happen ultimately. So I am okay. Making that move, Corey Knebel pitched in the seventh inning on Friday, down two zip, and he pitched in the fourth inning Sunday. Chris, are you okay dropping Corey Knebel?
3: Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. You yeah, know, it was a speculative ad, anyway, and he'll have to earn a roll.
0: For the Red Sox, no Alex Verdugo on Friday against the left-handed pitcher, and then on Saturday he had three hits, two of which came off of a left-handed pitcher, and then he started on Sunday against a left-handed pitcher. So something you do like to see when it comes to Alex Verdugo. The Rockies going from something you like to see to something you don't like to see, Scott. The Rockies. The Rockies. Garrett Hampson only started once this weekend against a left-handed pitcher, and I don't know that that is going to change.
1: Well, there's a good chance it changes at some point. Players will get hurt. Players will be bad. All of this stuff, like if Garrett Hampson
3: hits and the other guys don't, if Kyle Tucker hits and the other guys Mm -hmm. don't, you know, that's ultimately, like, managers can want to do what they want to do, but the players will dictate this stuff to at least a certain extent.
1: Right. Right. And I think they played it, I I think they played it basically like a strict, like a platoon between Hilliard and and Hampson and left field. That's how it worked out this weekend. So that appears to be the plan going in. But of course things are going to change. Like, I understand you can't bank on them changing as much in a two-month season as you can in a six month season, but you know, things will change. Look at all just that just changed today.
3: What's yeah. really stupid is Brennan Rodgers didn't even get a did he even get a single plate appearance this weekend? No, he didn't.
0: In- Chris, the Rockies hate young players. It's amazing. Speaking of young players, the antithesis is uh, Nelson Cruz, who had four hits on Sunday, two home runs, seven RBI, and 12 total bases. We tried to tell you on Nelson Cruz. I, I just wish I had more shares. Like, I have a lot of shares, but I just wish I had 100% exposure to Nelson Cruz. Chris, how did we go 53 minutes into the show and we did not mention Lucas Giolito? That is a terrible job by me. I buried the lead. He was god-awful on Friday, but he <laughs> was going up against the Twins. Yeah, so the it's twins like, had- how much do you take away from it?
3: I- it's one start. It's against the twins team that uh, in case you forgot set the major league record last year for home runs in a season. They probably won't break that record this year. Although, <laughs> you know, with Nelson Cruz, you never know. You never know. Um, yeah. Look, it, it's possible that this was a sign of bad things to come, but if the velocity was there and that mm-hmm. was a big key for his breakout last year, I'm not particularly worried about it.
0: The last thing that I wanted to mention to Nelson Lamette, looked really, really strong on Saturday. His velocity was actually up. For everyone that we're talking about being down, 97.7 miles per hour on his fastball, by far a career high. 41 of his 80 pitches were the slider. So maybe he's going the Patrick Corbin route, and if he does that, only one walk in this game, five innings pitch, eight strikeouts against a solid D-backs lineup. I am I'm pretty interested in Denelson Lament right now. It's only one start. Don't want to overreact, but uh, was very pleasantly surprised by that we'll answer some of your questions starting right now from our apple podcast reviews this comes from the ketchup and peeps guy is there oh, anything i yeah. need to know about this
3: yeah didn't like did someone send it to us or was this like a
1: a meme Did someone, someone actually put ketchup on, ketchup on a peep peeps, is that like peeps with ketchup if you like see i feel like maybe somebody recommended it to us but
3: Oh, could gosh. be oh, yeah, it's it's just, it like sends shivers up my spine <laughs>
0: I agree. Uh, He went into his 12-team roto draft with the number two pick thinking it was a points league. For my pick, I drafted Garrett Cole as fast as I could, then was heckled by the other owners for taking him too high in a roto league. Anyway, I ended up with Garrett Cole and then Jose Ramirez for my first two picks compared to Christian Yelich and Steven Strasburg. Should I feel like a fool or does this not seem as bad as I think it is? Mind you, he sent this in on
1: Thursday. Scott, Jose Ramirez looked pretty good today. Yeah, no, it could it could go well for you. I don't like it, it certainly wasn't a by the book pick, Garrett Cole, number two in a roto league, but there's like I I'd seen it happen before. Um and and Jose Ramirez could be somebody who next year we're talking about drafting second overall. So I mean yeah, it, it could go it could go totally fine for you. If you could guarantee Jose Ramirez would be
3: there every single time at pick twenty three. I might consider ta- I might have considered taking Garrett Cole at number 2 every time but that's just cuz I think Jose Ramirez was one of the best values in fantasy.
0: Absolutely. We'll get to your emails. Fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. This one comes from Jeremy. Dear Gaylord, CC Cliff and Corey. I know who they are, but what well, do they yeah, have I know in who common? the pitchers are. I don't yeah. know what
3: they what they have in common.
1: Uh, look, you guys are more likely to know than I. I am. Are they? Uh, are they Cleveland Indian Cy Young Award winners? Eh,
3: that's uh, did, oh yeah, CC did win yeah. when he was there. That right?
1: might that might be it. Are you concerned with the poor performances of
0: Aces Charlie Morton, Giolito, or Jose Barrios? Uh, we spoke about the other two, Morton and Giolito, quite a bit. Could the shortened spring training slash summer camp have a negative effect on their timing, rhythm, and overall performance for the next few starts and? save that one after this we'll get to the two-parter here um Scott we spoke about the other guys any concern over Jose Barrios his velocity was actually up tremendously this weekend
1: yeah yeah he just got hit hard uh, could could the uh the quick ramp up have an effect on pitchers yes to what degree were we seeing that happen this weekend it's really hard to say I with the velocities down, and certainly in the case of Blake Snell, where he came in knowing he was going to be limited to a certain number of pitches, then it's easy to to uh, put it on that, the, the hurried buildup. But, I mean, first time through at the start of every season, a lot of good pitchers have bad starts. It's just – that's just how it – plays out. And like good pitchers have bad starts sometimes and I think uh I think in the case of Barrios, I think in the case of Giolito and Ryu, I feel pretty confident saying that's all it was.
0: Yeah, I agree. Look, like, if someone in your league is freaking out about Jose Barrios right now, I, I mean, especially we're talking about everyone's velocity being down. His velocity was up. So that is actually something I am excited about. He was going up against the White Sox, whom I consider one of the best lineups in the uh, in the American League. The second part of this question, Chris, do you still believe Shane Bieber will have an ERA over four?
3: Frank, do you still believe Fran Mel will lead baseball in home runs? Yeah, sure. Scott, do you still believe, believe that Corey Kniebel will have more saves than Josh Hader or that Austin Riley will lead the Braves in home runs? No, these were bold predictions. These were not, this is the thing that will definitely happen. And I stand by this 100%. No, it was a bold prediction. It is inherently an unlikely thing that you believe could happen. So, yeah, I still believe Shane Bieber could have an ERA over four. Although now he's made you know seven percent of his starts for the season, so it is slightly less likely to happen than it would have been uh, before his start.
0: Yeah, fourteen strikeouts, one walk on fine. Friday. Um, That's fine. Whatever. That'll you know that'll that'll help the, the problem.
3: Like the problem is nobody made contact with him, so of course he had a good start.
0: Well, you know what? Uh, anyone who pitches against the Kansas City Royals is going to have a pretty good chance of striking out a lot of their batters. This next one's from Jack. Hey, guys, I got offered Matt Boyd for Corbin, uh, Corbin Burns and Mitch Keller in a 10-team head-to-head categories league with quality starts. I'm not especially deep at starting pitcher, but I do have Josh James as a sleeper, even if I deal Burns and Keller. Do I make this move for Boyd?
3: Uh, Boyd is not enough of a sure thing. I think um, I think they're all kind of the same guy to a certain extent. Matt Boyd's just a a slightly more proven version of that, but that mm-hmm. slightly more proven version, you know, still wasn't all that useful for most of last season in fantasy. So I would I would take two bites at the. Well, I guess seeing Mitch Keller pitch maybe <laughs> changes my yeah. And who's the other one? Uh, Carbon Burns. Yeah. It's- given have having seen Mitch Keller's velocity be three miles per hour lower than it was last year, yes, I would do it. But, you know, maybe try to pull that deal off quickly before. Yeah. It
1: gets I, almost, I almost always take the one when it's a two for one. And, uh, you know, there are enough questions about Burns remaining true. Sure. Yeah. I'd take the deal.
0: Yeah. And he mentioned that quality starts as a category, too. I just expect Boyd to have. A consistently higher pitch count and likely go deeper into games than both Mitch Keller and Corbin Burns. This was. I just
3: want to point out seventy one point four percent hard hit rate for Shane Bieber. Uh, Unsustainable.
0: (laughs) He's a he's a fraud. Uh, Let's answer this final question from Carl. He likely needs it before he sets his lineup tomorrow. Rank in order who you'd rather have in next week's lineup in a head to head points league. Austin Voth for two against the Blue Jays and the Marlins. Adrian Hauser for two against the Pirates and the Cardinals. Shoemaker against the Nationals. Pablo Lopez for two against the Orioles and the Nationals. Luke Weaver for two against the Padres and Dodgers. Or Sandy Alcantara for one against the Orioles. What do you think, Scott?
1: Well, I do have top 10 sleeper pitchers for week two up on the site, so you could check that out. I would say of those choices, Adrian Hauser would be my preference. He's actually number one on that list and because he's making the two starts. You know, I, I, I like Shoemaker for the one. I would like Alcantara considering it's the Ori- Orioles for the one, but you'd rather have the two, and I, I have faith in Hauser's skill set.
0: I agree. I like Adrian Hauser. You uh, you're right with that, Chris? Yeah, I'd put Pablo Lopez number two because he did ask us to
3: rank them. That, that, is, that is true. And it's head-to-head a... points league. I would go Lopez, Weaver, and probably Alcantara.
0: After Hauser. You would put Hauser first.
3: Yes, Hauser, Lopez, Weaver, Alcantara.
0: Yeah, I like that order as well. I don't have any issues with that. The final question is one that I will ask you guys myself. Uh, will I ever learn to put suntan lotion on my face when I go outside?
3: Uh, <laughs> See, this is, this is one that I'm an incredibly forgetful person. I literally forget to close the refrigerator probably... I would say on average three times per day. Um, And so luckily I'm not a person who needs suntan lotion all that much because I don't get burned. Obviously, you know, I probably do need it to not get cancer, but just in terms of the burning, I I do pretty well. Um, So, you know, the question was about you, but obviously everything, I'm the protagonist in life story. uh, So I forgot the question. Uh, well, yes, I you will I ever learn to put sun tan lotion on?
0: Yes. I, look, I'm never going to learn. I complained a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago. I went to the beach. I didn't put my lotion on and I looked like a tomato. And what do you know? It's opening weekend. And if you're watching on our YouTube channel, you see that I once again looks, look like a tomato.
3: Looks like you went to a day
0: game. I went out fishing early in the morning today. Could could have been a day game. I am beat, guys. All right, we're going to wrap it up there. It was a fun weekend of baseball, and hopefully we'll have a lot to talk about again on tomorrow's show. For Scott and Chris, I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching Fantasy Baseball Today on our YouTube channel. We'll be back again tomorrow. (laughs) Bye-bye.